Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Truth in a Podcast Club. As always, I'm your host Jess and this week I'm going to be chatting about the Off Menu podcast with James Acaster and Ed Gamble. menu podcast has been around for quite a while now i'm a long time listener because obviously one of the co-hosts is my favorite comedian of all time james acaster we spoke about him in episode one covering the froth and the other co-host is another amazing comedian that i also love ed gamble so these two are really close friends and i love like the natural banter between them obviously the hilarious anyway the comedians but the banter that they have is just top level so, if you're not familiar with their work, James has been on Mock the Week, 8 out of 10 cats. He's the co-host of Hypothetical. Ed's also everywhere. He's been on Taskmaster. He's the host of the Taskmaster official podcast. He's done all the panel shows too, 8 out of 10 cats, Hypothetical. Just why we're on the topic, everyone knows how much I love Taskmaster. So, Go and watch that now because the new series is out and it's so good already and it's only like two episodes down. So this podcast, it's very simple. It's a dream restaurant, invite only, Ed's the host, James the genie. He grants wishes to any guests that come through the door every week. The guest chooses still or sparkle on water, bread or poppadoms, starter, main, side, dessert and a drink. Obviously, they discuss why that they're choosing them and look, it's a foodie's dream podcast. I'm not really a foodie, but I do love to eat and always get hungry listening. The only downside to the dream restaurant is that every week the hosts have a banned ingredient. If that guest mentions the ingredient, they're banished immediately from the restaurant. I think this has only ever happened once. However, these lads are not messing around. If you say the ingredient, you're out. The banned ingredient for this week's episode is chosen by James and it's a dusty meringue. No danger of me choosing this one. I'm not a meringue girl. I actually think they're quite pointless. That being said, I think I know what he means. Like more of a generic powdery gets everywhere. Like maybe a supermarket meringue as opposed to like a fresh bakery in rooms meringue. Anyway, the guests on the show range from actors, singers, other comedians, podcasters and everything in between. The guest on this week's show is Kitty Pritchard-McLean. She's a fabulous Welsh comedian and one half of the infamous podcast All Killer No Filler. It's a comedic true crime podcast, my favourite genre, and I will cover that at some point too because she's amazing. She's also done all the panel shows and the comedy club circuits, but one thing that James and Ed do speak about is a live show that Kitty performs in and organises. It's called A Musical, like a muse musical, which is where comedians do different musical numbers are on stage. I think it's like guest comedians every week and then it's always like Kitty and the other hosts. So, they're two of my all-time favourite things. Musicals, comedy, let's do it. This is where James actually says they should do an off-menu musical. And that's when he brings up Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I'm always looking for any excuse to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda. 
but it's not why we're here today, so I'm going to have to move on quickly before I break out into Hamilton, Encanto, or in Lights. Finally, before I do carry on with the recap, they say Kitty's been on the show before. I don't actually think the episode ever dropped, but I feel like I can also give my menu today now, and then still one day when I'm besties with James and Ed, I can go on the show and give another menu anyway. Okay, yeah, sorted. So, off menu, episode one, four, five. Let's do it. This is the Off Menu podcast with Ed Gamble and James A. Caster, where we invite a guest into the Dream Restaurant and ask them their favourite ever start a main course dessert, side dish and drink, not in that order. And this week, our guest is... Kiri Pritchard McClay! So the first part of every menu on the Off Menu podcast is poppadoms or bread. Now, James, as the genie, screams the question at his guests randomly in the intro section every week and every week it makes me jump i can taste vodka in it because of how hard i smashed that in my 20s right. in the totally, uni totally understand that <laughs> every every red bull i'm like there's vodka in this and the tastes are just completely linked <laughs> yeah now. they're absolutely. completely tied into each other yeah my body's like that. we know yeah. what this is yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're about to have terrible sex <laughs> Now, every week, I think, what sort of question is that? Why is that even an option? Surely you only have poppadoms with Indian food, don't you? One of my best friends is from a small town called Pyle in the south of Wales, shout out Leah. And she gets poppadoms with Chinese takeaways in her local area. That'll never be okay with me. It's prawn crackers with a Chinese takeaway. Now, in previous episodes, Ed has mentioned that James just added that in without his consent at the start of the podcast, and then it was in the format, so it lives on. But I would always say bread because I'm greedy and I love carbs. And sorry, how nice is oil, balsamic, and a bit of salt with some bread, please? Oh, Kitty chooses bread also, obviously. And the type of bread that she goes for is like a nutty brown bread, or she says like a nice white bread with olives in it. I'd probably go for like a nice fresh French baguette because I'm a basic bitch. Like, I really like salt to the point where it's definitely a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Same girl. So anyway, the next question that James always asks is still or sparkle on water. Now, I think personally that sparkle on water is disgusting sorry but I don't know if it's something that like develops when your palate matures maybe because I think like let me nan loves it oh it's not for me I just think it tastes like gassy for no good reason like I might as well have a coke because I'm just burping for no reason anyway Kitty picks the sparkling water so whatever maybe I'm wrong but she does say this is because she didn't used to like it. She got into it because she gave up drinking fizzy drinks. She felt like she was drinking way too much Diet Coke and her insides were turning into like a geode. So I feel you there because I have got a really bad fizzy drink addiction. I actually gave them up a length this year. So since Easter, I think I've only had like two or three, which is exceptionally good for me because I'm awful for fizzy drinks. Like 
and I don't even pretend to be good about it. Like, I drink full fat coke. It's sickening. I know how bad it is for me, but I continue to drink it because it's so good. But maybe I should take a leaf out of Kitty's book and force myself to, like, sparkling water and get myself off the fizzy drinks for good. So here's where it gets tasty. Let's start with the starter. Kitty says that she would like maybe a salt and pepper tofu, toasted Brussels sprouts, vegan cream cheese and sandfire. Now, I'm so fussy, I'm not going to slag it off, but I'm also not going to pretend I'd entertain that for one second. Obviously, you might be able to tell from the choices here that Kitty is a vegan. I think I've mentioned before, and one thing I don't want to be is one of those people who always mentions that they're a vegetarian. But I am, and I have been for 10 years now, so I can get on board with the plant-based, even though I'm definitely not vegan. I love cheese. But in true me style, basic bitch cheeses like parmesan, halloumi, mozzarella, because again, I'm basic. I'm sure to a normal human now, with a good mature palate, that would be an amazing starter. I wish I did eat stuff like that, to be honest, because my choice would definitely be like a chaser burger or something, but then that would be from my fave vegan burger joint frost burger in liverpool city center if you're in manchester they've also got a restaurant there now too and it's too good it's got no business being as good as it is because it's vegan but it's genuinely the best if you follow the show on instagram you know this is not an ad i just go there whenever i've got any any excuse to drive into town and get the bacon free burger with fries and the vegan garlic mayo because wow but since this is a starter, I would just get a cheeseburger. I'm going to be 24 stone heavier by the end of this meal. James gets super excited about Kitty's choice of samphire. She says that it's like a sea asparagus and it's quite salty. This actually sounds delicious. When I googled it, it looks just like a mix of asparagus and grass. So I'd be down to try that part of the starter for sure. Just ugh, leave me out of the Brussels sprouts. So straight in with the main then, Kitty actually says that she's going to go for loads of picky bits, which, look, I'm all here for, but let's call it what it is, tapas. Just not all Spanish dishes. So. Look, you're not you're not the first person to do picky bits. Yeah. yeah. As a uh, as a main course, no, I'm telling I'm I'm telling you that because there's a precedent for it, so we're okay. not gonna we're not you're gonna, not gonna get in trouble. Bits. You're not gonna get in trouble. But then my almost side to be what should be the main dish really? Interesting. Yeah. And so I... you want a series of sides for your main course, and then your side dish is gonna be a main course. Yeah, right. but, okay, but, like, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so she wants a lazy season, which I think is one of them spinny tables. I'm all for that. They're such a good invention, actually, aren't they? You don't really see them much anymore. There used to be one in the Chinese restaurant that used to be at the back of my house. I miss that place. Anyway, she tells us that she's going to pretend she's not vegan for her main dishes. And she's going to go with steamed rice covered in cabbage with roast duck, pork belly and char siu on top. And some prawn rolls in rice paper deep fried both from a restaurant that she says actually no longer exists in Manchester, but was an absolute fave. Then she wants a Linda McCartney fake chicken bucket, which is like a KFC bucket, but vegan. 
I love Linda Mac fake meat, fake meat. However, I hate chicken and fake chicken, so this would not be for me. She also wants all the dips, which I'm here for. She says garlic mayo, southwest sriracha mayo, normal mayo. We'll take them all. If I was going to pick my dream meal now, I've glamorised this spaghetti pomodoro with a whole fresh burrata cheese ball on top with too much parmesan from my favourite restaurant in Sydney in my head so much over the past four years. And as I'm saying this, I've just looked up at my calendar and it's literally four years this week since I left Australia and last had this dish. However, if you are there right now, I don't even know if it still exists. The restaurant, not Australia. I'm aware that's still there. It's called Pompeii and it's right on Bondi Beach, just off Hall Street. Please go and then email or DM me whether it's as amazing as I've re-envisioned in my head since. Because I'm actually planning on going back to Australia in the near future for a visit. And I'm really getting my hopes up about this pasta. And it might not be as good as I remember. And I'm not up for that. So can you let me down now if it's not? I know I've got listeners in Sydney on the download. So do your gala favour. Let me know if it's still as good as I remember. So obviously next up is the side dish, always a key part of a meal. For Kitty, she's going for something called kotto. It's a dish that she had in Sri Lanka. I haven't heard of this, but she said it's like a vegetable stir-fry street food with chocolate leaves. And I think they sort of make it into a roti that she said it's quite chewy. And they were only like £2 a dish on the street vendors. I love this sort of thing when you're travelling, just eating from the street food vendors and trying local foods now obviously I have said how fussy I am but as I've got older I have got a bit better at trying things as long as I can be sure that they're me free and not sprouts I googled what the kotu is I think I hope I'm saying that right and I'll add a pic on the Instagram for this week's episode I've also found a recipe and thanks Kitty I think I'll be giving these a go I'm not the best for spice but Kitty says that she's the same and the sort of like the perfect amount of spice without it being too hot. For my side dish, another restaurant you might see me on my Insta stories quite often is this tiny little bakery in Liverpool on Smithdown Road called Frito. That does the most amazing fresh Italian street food. I want to say I'd have one of their like deep fried calzone pizzas, but this is a meal on its own, so I'd probably get their basil pesto fries, which are to die for. And now I think I know what I want for tea tonight. Next up is drink. And honestly, this is like one of the hardest for me to choose. I've been like, I'm going to know what I'm going to pick. But we'll do what Kitty pick first. So she loves shopping small. And that's apparent in this episode. I'm all for that. I love shopping small, supporting small businesses and going to independent restaurants. So obviously she doesn't disappoint with her choice of drink either. She goes for a local brewery to her in Anglesey, Wales and their strawberry beer, which sounds delicious. She does say the Welsh name for it. But now I've had a Welsh one uh-huh. called, it's Dwynwen and it's a strawberry beer from Bregdi Mona, which is a Mona brewery on the island. and It's really delicious. I definitely wasn't going to try and pronounce that because the Welsh language is hard. But she does say it's named after the Welsh god of love, which is so cute. 
She also says she might have a Cherry B Brandy and Dandelion and Beardock. That actually does sound nice, but for me, even as a sugar addict, very sickly. Now, I've already said earlier on how I love fizzy drinks, so I probably would have a nice glass of Coke with my meal. But since we're in the dream restaurant and I can be anywhere in the world, I would love to be on a Balearic Island, probably Mallorca, sipping a cold Australia beer or a frozen fruity daiquiri. Any fruit, but the more exotic, the better. That being said, one of my favourite ever drinking memories is being in New Zealand on Waikiki Island in Auckland, wine tasting, with one of my best friends, Sarah. It is an amazing place, beautiful Sauvignon Blanc, and I would love to go back there one day. I advise anyone that can possibly travel to New Zealand to go and check out Waikiki and all the beautiful, I think, 27 wineries on the island. <laughs> his, whole, his whole life is being careful. He's a careful boy. He's going to be careful all the time. I'm not careful. No. Are you? Never careful. Ed's got to be careful all the time. Whoa. See, look, perfect example. <laughs> oh, that was so... Just smashed the glass against the microphone. Didn't even mean to. Not careful at all. But case in point. <laughs> And finally, it's time for dessert. Now, when it comes to dessert, James is here for it. He famously loves anything sugary and he gets very angry when people either don't want a dessert or go savoury, which, angry James, is always the funniest. You all know how much I love him from previous eps. He is my all-time favourite comedian, so I love this side of him the most. I do, though, sorry James, find dessert sometimes a little bit sickly, so I wouldn't have the biggest dessert. I am more of a savoury girl. I would probably always go for like just a sticky toffee pudding because classic and always amazing. Or a unique flavoured gelato, like proper Italian gelato. Maybe red velvet or birthday cake flavour. Yum. But we're not here for the my menu. Kitty's choosing a slider of desserts in this part, which reminds me of a very similar birthday dessert slider me and my Kate had from the Ivy in West Hollywood years ago. And I have to add that pick on the Insta because that was the best dessert I might have ever had. On Kitty, she's having a slice of Stollen. I've never heard of it, but she says it's a German fruitcake with loads of marzipan in the middle. I hate marzipan. Sorry, I can't stand fruitcake either, so that can absolutely go away. She also wants a gooey cherry brownie from a bakery that she loves in Bristol called Dark Eat Matters. She said that they do mail orders as well. And again, not an ad, but for research purposes, maybe I should order some. She also wants a slice of her mum's Christmas cake that has marzipan and icing on. Then it's filled with fruit and nuts and soaked in a lot of cherry brandy for like a couple of weeks. Okay, quick side story on that. Back in Australia, I love a roast dinner. Absolutely love them and... Nowhere else does them as good as the UK. Sorry, we just do the best roast dinners. It's the only thing we're good at. Even our gravy's better. Do you know how much it costs to buy a tub of Bisto from the International Isle at Coles or Woolworths? But I've done it because good roast dinners. Every couple of Sundays, I'd do a roast for our friends and housemates. And I loved like the little community Sundays, sitting on the floor around the coffee table, eating a roast dinner together. It felt like home for a minute. And one Sunday, Kate and I decided to invent a new boozy dessert. A cheesecake with vodka. 
we didn't Google a recipe, but if we had, we might have realised that famously you can't even freeze vodka. So it's basically an impossibility. We made a cheesecake, made it pink with food colouring because I'm that type of person. And then we dumped an entire bottle of, you know, the smaller, like, flat rectangle bottles of vodka. Some might say handbag vodka for a night out if you're nasty, like me. In the mixture, then we stuck it in the fridge and obviously... Five hours later, when it emerged, it was a soupy mess and tasted horrific. However, do you know how expensive alcohol is in Australia? Let's just say it did not go to waste. Again, nasty. So, tangent aside, Kitty's having the stolen, a gooey cherry brownie, and mum's boozy Christmas cake with a side of clotted cream. It's not the slider of desserts for me, but I respect it and the hustle to get multiple desserts in one. Have you ever done these things where it's like a night of eating desserts and it's like seven courses and they're different desserts? Uh, no, but tell me the info on that. They... Forget all that other shit you were going to send us for free. <laughs> Manchester had a dessert supper club in a brilliant little cafe called Home Sweet Home. Yeah. And they do these like, you know, those cakes were like Barbie dolls, mad shit coming out the top of mm-hmm. them. Mainly giant pretzels, but, yeah, yeah, you know, like exciting yeah, yeah. things. So they had it once and it was like a eight or nine courses of desserts. Wow. And it's, oh, it's such a fun idea, but by course three, you're like, my teeth hurt so much, no, I want to go home. No, 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 no. Really? Do you not get teethache? No. I don't know why you're so excited about this. It's just like Tuesday night at your house. <laughs> so every week to finish up the app, they go over the menu one last time. So Kitty is satisfied with her choice. She goes sparkle and water, olive and walnut bread, uh, Welsh strawberry beer, Salt and pepper tofu, sprouts and samphire with cream cheese, a lazy Susan of prawn wrap, steamed rice with a trio of meat, and a Linda Mac chicken bucket with all the dips, a side of full size Sri Lankan cotto, and wraps it all up with a dessert slider of gooey cherry brownies, schlotten, and a mum's boozy Christmas cake. It's not the menu for me personally, but I think it is a good variation of cultures, flavours and some vegan options. And now I'm so hungry. So, as I've said time and time again, you know I love James A. Castor. Also, I love Ed. So, obviously, I'm giving this long-running show a five for, oh my god, go and binge now. Just be prepared to be very hungry and wanting to try so many new amazing dishes that you might have to get the passport out and travel for. Thank you so much for listening to episode 13 of the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen. Follow the show on Instagram at Tuesday Night Pod and I'll see you next week. Bye!